Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Hello and welcome back to Homeschool Together. Thank you so much for joining us. If you haven't had a chance, head down into the show notes and check out our YouTube channel and the links to leave us reviews and how to support the podcast. Today we are doing a little bit of a homeschool journeys educational tour de force. We are going to be talking um, extensively about traveling to Disney. I know a lot of families are planning trips and they're looking to go out into the world and and Disney is always one of those places where we all you know our children want to stop you know Disney cinema is such a big piece of our lives you know a lot of our girls love to dress up as the princesses I mean I I know that's true with our kids Um, and so today we brought on Bailey Gurr a member of uh, in the Facebook group and she's looking to possibly homeschool in the near future but she had all this great insight um, on traveling to Disney and she travels every year to with her family and she was able to help us through some of the technical aspects of actually going to Disney World and 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 all the nuance and some of the pro tips of somebody who goes every single year. Um, but also, she was trying to share a little bit of you know knowledge with us about you know homeschooling while at Disney and and all the various you know educational aspects that are kind of just embedded right into the park and things that you can, you know, we, we just take for granted when we walk into the park and we see these, you know, hey, we see uh, an aquaponics thing over here or, you know, a, a, a futuristic, you know, I- impression of what the future is going to look like in the 2020s from, you know, the 1950s point of view. And we can talk a lot about history and understanding and whatnot through the park and, and, and all these great activities that were available to, you know, us as families and, and children. Yeah, we're planning our own trip to Disney sometime next year. And so we were really excited to talk with her. I think one of the things that really stood out for me was just how much we can do to prepare our kids for Disney and the things that we can look at before we go, you know, whether it's reading back about old fairy tales or learning more about, as you said, something like aquaponics or there's some really neat things. Epcot, we can, this would dovetail wonderfully if you're doing an around the world study, um, going to the different countries of Epcot. Like there's a lot of things we can prep our kids for and then when they're there you know I think that it's all about making those connections and that's something we can even take away with us back into our homeschool and you know hey remember when we were there remember the things we saw Uh, she just had so many educational ideas that I I just didn't think of that I really appreciated her insight I certainly appreciated her insight on the planning side since that's my job in our family Um, but I really appreciated to all of the ways that we can educate while we're having a great time at the parks. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and just jump right into the interview with Bailey Gurr. Well, hi, Bailey. Thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, we're super duper excited. Uh, selfishly, we're getting ready to plan a trip ourselves to Orlando in the near future. And uh, when you you popped up on our uh, Facebook group and said, hey, ask me anything about educating at Disney, I was like, oh, 
I can't even, this is not a single question. That's, There's that's some serious bait. There was some, and um, a whole bunch of folks were like, yes, 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 yes. And yeah. I thought, oh, this poor woman's going to be PMing everybody. So let's just bring her on the show and let's talk about it. Let's do it. So can you give us some background on your family and, um, you know, why you're looking to homeschool in the future? And Yeah. So um, uh, my name is Bailey, as I stated there. Um, and uh, I'm a stay-at-home mom of four kiddos. So I've got a uh, six-year-old, a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a almost two-year-old. He'll be two uh, on Monday, actually. So, uh, <laughs> and I've been a stay-at-home mom since like I had my first. So from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So it's been uh, it's been great. And uh, my husband is a home builder, and uh, he specializes in log homes. And uh, you, you out there listening can see the beautiful um, log (laughs) paneling behind her. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so that's, that's us. And uh, we, um, we're from Canada. So uh, our house, we live rurally, so we're pretty much in the woods. And so we do a lot of uh, outside time and uh, playing outside so far. uh, We've been doing a lot of, um, frog catching and uh that kind of thing that's our thing like this summer has been all about uh, frogs so <laughs> um yeah but that's kind of us and then um in terms of homeschooling um i've been thinking about it and we've been my husband and i've been talking about it for it's been probably a little over a year now um and uh, i see it happening in the future it's just right now it's not quite the right time yet so mm. Uh, I'm hoping that we could maybe start um, not this coming school year, but like, um, I guess it'd be 24, 25 that school year. Um, but who knows what will happen? Maybe it'll happen sooner. I don't know. But uh, and then in terms of like the the why, that's a, it's a loaded question because there's um, there's so many reasons. But one of the biggest reasons, which sometimes I think isn't valid enough is, um, that I just really want to like selfishly for myself. Like I really just enjoy seeing my kids like learning and experiencing all the things. So, um, selfishly, I'm kind of like, Oh, like I just really want to do these things with them and see them learning and exploring. And I really love their curiosity and, um, I just think it could be really amazing. And, uh, and anyways, and, and yeah, I don't know. Our public school is great. I'm emotionally attached to it. So it's really hard to like pull away. My husband and I both went to that public school and we met in kindergarten. So it's like, it's like, it's pulling at my heartstrings, even though I, uh, (laughs) I, I don't really like want it in the long run for them to be there, but, um, yeah. So that's, that's like a, a big reason. It's like, I feel the pull just to like, just to do it. Um, but public school right at the moment seems to be working for my kids. So we're just going to kind of go with it for now. But um, yeah, I could go into a lot more reasons, but we'll leave it at that <laughs> for now. <laughs> I think that's a totally valid reason. We love those aha moments. That's mm-hmm. just, yeah. and that's those moments of like homeschooling joy when you've had like a really rough day and then you see the aha, you're like, okay, this was worth it. This was worth yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you all love to travel to Disney and you go mm-hmm. pretty often, right? Um, yep. We've, we go every, well, um, uh, when did we start going every year? I think 
Well, my son is six and we're planning his sixth trip. So <laughs> we go like every, every year, I guess. <laughs> so, and, and you, I think a lot of families go to Disney and it's kind of this like crazy chaotic week where, um, there's too much sugar and too many rides and kids without <laughs> naps. And then they all come home and yeah. they need a vacation from their vacation. Uh, but you're yeah. using it to kind of pull in some educational aspects. So like, you know, tell us, tell us about Disney. Like, how do you plan for this kind of a trip? Cause I, I'm telling you what my planning right now is like over my head and I'm a planner. Yeah. So yeah, how do you go about prepping for this? Um, it's a bit of a process. Um, we have it down pat now because we've like, we have a lot of experience with it. Um, we, it definitely was a learning curve when we first went, but when we went, we had a, an infant and just one. <laughs> so we weren't really looking for the educational um, aspects of it. But, you know, you've done it a number of times. You yeah. Know, you're getting really good at the planning thing. Like how, you know, how, how, cause we, we tend to like put stuff together and, you know, to, you know, packing lists and whatnot, whenever we go on a trip, you know, what does that look like for four children? Oh goodness. Yeah. So, um, all the car seats. So, you know, I can't so the packing, the car oh seats. yeah, the car seats. And we drive. So we're oh, okay. from coming from Ontario. So it's a 24 hour drive for us. Yeah. And, uh, we, we've done the drive, I guess, twice. And then before then we flew, um, but now, now we drive. So yeah, so we've got four car seats <laughs> in our van and, uh, yeah. But um, some of the past episodes I've listened to with you guys, you were talking about your Ireland trip. Mm -hmm. And I remember listening to um, the episode where you guys focused on like packing and planning. And uh, I was just, I was organizing Lego as I was listening to it. And I was like, <laughs> yes, I was like nodding. And I was like, yes, I do all those things. Like all those tips that you guys had, we totally use those. So um, for four kids, uh, I'm a big fan of the packing cubes. Okay. um, that Ariel, um, has used. So each kid has a different colored, um, packing cube and, uh, we, we do it that way. And we also keep it really minimal. So, um, I remember we used to bring so much, but you can only bring so much on the plane. And then when we first drove, um, we were able to bring a little bit more, but this past trip, when we packed our van, I, I remember looking at my husband being like, are we missing a bag or two like we <laughs> seem to have extra room which was uh interesting but i think that we've got it so down pat now that we don't we don't really need a lot of the extras like we we just bring essentials um we plan to do laundry when we're there because we're there for um we usually go for about two weeks or maybe like maybe like 10 days so with four kids, that's a lot of stuff if you don't plan to do laundry. <laughs> so we pack um, just enough to get us through until we can do some laundry and um, and then we don't have to bring so much with us. But um, yeah, so that's that's one way that uh, that we do that was uh, with the packing cubes with clothes anyway. And then you don't really need to bring much to Disney to entertain uh, I have to say, like, there's so much to look at and to talk about. Um, even in the lines, um, you don't really need to come prepared with too much to keep everybody occupied. So hmm. um, I find there's enough to look at and to do that we don't really bring much to the parks at all. Maybe, I mean, a bubble wand is always fun. So okay. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> and cheaper than buying at a Disney. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely bring that with you. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, so that's, you know, you're talking about like you're optimizing the packing of the clothes and the toys and the seats and all the things that the kids need. And and obviously the stuff that you guys need, do you bring a lot of strollers? You know, how do you, you know, manage, you know, some younger children who might, you know, kind of fall asleep or get tired? Yeah. So we rent strollers. So, um, we, it started, we started renting when we were, when we flew because we didn't want to deal with taking a stroller on the plane and trying to figure that out. So we rented and actually I've rented from several places in Orlando and they all have the same strollers to rent. And I've had a great experience with them all. So, (laughs) um, all the companies that I've used anyway. Yeah. So I think they're all like pretty much the same. Um, you just have to check if you're on Disney property, there's only a, I think there's only one company that delivers to the resort. So, um, if you want that kind of convenience, if you're on property, like you'd want to look into that company, but, um, but yeah, so we rent strollers. We rented, uh, for the last two times, I guess we've done two double strollers. Um, they're like the city select, like double strollers. So side-by-side strollers. We're quite the crew when we go through, it's like, we're pretty, (laughs) pretty loaded up there. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so we do two double strollers and it's just, it's, it's really easy. We actually, like at first we were kind of dreading having two double strollers, but it's fantastic because the kids, when they get tired, they have a place to rest or to nap. Um, those strollers are great for napping in. And then also it holds all your stuff. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to like cart around too much. Like you just, and and then you park your stroller and then you go. So you're not actually like bringing it and like working it around things. Like it's pretty convenient. So yeah, we, we love the double strollers. Do you take a lot into the park or you pl- pack in food and all that stuff into the park with you? Um, yes, uh, we don't bring too much, but we do have snacks on hand. Um, especially with so many littles, it's like you, you need, you need snacks, (laughs) um, snacks are like survival. Um, but, um, we bring like a little cooler bag and we pack anything that we need there for, um, you know, like, um, easy things like, um, cheese strings and, um, uh, like the applesauce pouches Mm -hmm. or like yogurt tubes, like things like that fruit, um, and we are, we try to do a grocery run before we get into our trip so that we have some of those essentials in our room. And then um, that's how we kind of pack for the day. Um, then we also make sure everybody has a change of clothes. Not so much, not the adults, but the, uh, <laughs> the little ones, they all have a change of clothes because people get messy and accidents happen and um, everything like that. So all the kids have a change of clothes and um Depending on the weather, we tend to go in February okay. uh, just because that works for our family. We also pay attention to the crowds and February seems like a really nice time. And temperature wise, it's not too hot. It's not too cold. So we also, um, we usually in February, we'll need a, uh, like a light sweater in the morning and then, um, you know, we're good to go for the rest of the day. So we'll have um, a light sweater for everybody. And then, um, I don't even know what else we pack water snacks and that's basically it. We have our magic bands and then we're good to go. (laughs) So do you guys tend to stay on property in one of the resorts or do you rent condos or an Airbnb outside and then commute in? So we are Disney vacation club members. So it's, it's kind of like a timeshare in a way, um, 
we've, so we've chosen as a family to invest in Disney because we see such value in it and value in like staying on the resorts. So this helps us um, afford to do that. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so we stay on property and um, we stay in some of the resorts, the Disney resorts, which I am biased to. I love them. And I think that it just makes the whole experience more magical. <laughs> so, What do you get with staying on the property? Do they have like meet and greets or, you know, themed meals or something like that? Like what's the fun aspect around that? So there's no meet and greets, but um, each resort has such a, an interesting theme with it. Mm -hmm. And um, each, each resort has its own history too to it which is kind of cool um and then you know there's so much to do at those resorts like some of them it's the dining there are some resorts that have really fantastic restaurants like my husband and i um i wouldn't really call us foodies but we really enjoy <laughs> trying different restaurants at disney so um we we like to test out some of the restaurants and some of our favorites are on the resorts so um they have those kinds of things to offer and just just really neat experiences like i'm thinking of our last trip we stayed at the polynesian resort and um you know it was just such a a, a cool theme for our kids to see and it literally felt like we were somewhere else like we were hawaii like it was so it was so <laughs> cool so yeah <laughs> so when you're on property does you know how many days are you going to the park and you know maybe for people who haven't gone who are listening, do you pay for every single day? I know we're looking at like the various days and how much we're spending on those and which parks we're going to look at to going and stuff. Do you get something extra for being on property or how many days do you end up going into the park? So when we stay on property, especially for our family, uh, we, we love the pool. So oh. we do tend to take um, a couple days in there as like rest days. And we mm -hmm. just spend the day at the resort and the pool and uh and we really take the time to enjoy some of the activities actually that's something it's a goal of mine to do more of they have um um like disney movie nights out in like by the pool area and it, and they have some like really cool activities for all the kids and we never get a chance to do those things because we always end up being so busy and like on the go but I really want to try to slow down this next trip and uh, and try to enjoy some of those things that they have to offer at the resort more because it's there for us and we really should. But um, I will say, so in terms of planning like our trip in advance, my husband and my mother-in-law team up together to do that because they my, my in-laws come with us every trip. So the two of them together are the like, planners in terms of like reservations and that kind of thing they so my my mother-in-law especially she loves the the parks like she loves doing all the things at the parks whereas like my husband is more so like wanting to stay and do stuff uh in the resort so what usually ends up happening is that we do end up staying uh or we do get up uh, our park days and uh we we do um, the morning at the park and then the afternoon in the the pool and spending the time at the resort because what usually happens is it gets really hot in the afternoon and the crowds get a little bit busier so that's when we kind of like you know we're just like okay let's let's go back to the resort and do that now if you're an annual pass holder 
that would work really well because then you don't have to worry about spending money on a park day that you're not getting like the full day. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could definitely think about that if you are an annual pass holder. And if you're not, then I would suggest, um, especially if you're if you're not on the resort, I would say um, definitely take the the full day at the park and you know try to make the most of of that day yeah because it can be a little pricey and i i know i you know arrow's coming back in because our four-year-old is is bothering us at the door um (laughs) the only people who can get the annual passes are locals in florida right well no i mean you know if you want to give up your firstborn child you can get an annual pass (laughs) don't live in florida oh that's right okay (laughs) i think it's like sixteen hundred dollars per person I think something like that. Yeah. So it's something astronomical that we would not pay. But okay. one kidney, yeah. one kidney coming up. So I got it for you. Decide like, it, are you looking at the the educational part of it to decide which, like, how many days you're going to go to each thing, or is it like, okay, we need like two days at Magic Kingdom because that always needs two, and Animal Kingdom only needs one day, or like, how do you decide how much time to spend where? And do you go to yeah. the parks as well, or is it just Disney World? Um, well, right now it's just Disney world, um, that we've been going to my husband and I have been to universal. We are starting to get to the point where we want to explore more of Orlando and, and even more of Florida. Um, so as Disney vacation club members, there's another resort, um, in Vero beach that my mom mom actually, my mom worked there when she got her culinary. Yeah. yeah, She got a culinary degree and she ended up uh, being a cook there on the beach. It's a beautiful oh, little resort. So cool. It's right on the water. It's gorgeous. Yeah. So we we really want to go there um, and experience just some of the fun things that you can do around that area too. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're starting to get to the point now where we want to like see what else is out there because we've been so Disney focused. Um, so now we want to kind of like spread our wings and, and go. And, <laughs> and we do want to do um, Universal Studios with the kids, but I feel like Universal they should be maybe a little bit older. I find the rides mm. are a lot more intense there, <laughs> um, you know, and, uh, and we're not at the Harry Potter stage yet. So until it will be like, you know, a really good, you know, experience for them, then, uh, you know, we're going to wait on that. <laughs> Don't want to ruin it for them. <laughs> well, yeah. And I think when we go, um, Ariel's going to take our oldest, um, to the Harry Potter experience. So I'll have to take the little one. And you guys get to go do that somewhere else. Yeah. Somewhere else. <laughs> but it's yeah, hard to yeah, say, yeah. like, you know, it, the, there's so much to do with the parks. And I think it's overwhelming when people sit down to plan and say, like, mm-hmm. well, you know, can I do all of Magic Kingdom in one day? Is that realistic with little kids? Do I do I say every park I take two days for? What's your experience as far as like how much there is to do at the different places and how much time you should spend? That's hard. I I would say you have to look at your family and do research before you go on all the different attractions that are there. Um, but you cannot do it all in, uh, you know, in one day. I would say I would say each park, except for maybe Animal Kingdom, um, each park, if you want to do everything, would take two days each. Is what I'm kind of thinking. Um, yeah, but but uh, if you're looking at your family and your family's interests and you're thinking, uh, you know, this isn't something that we're really interested in or that kind of my kids aren't ready for or, 
you know, or maybe are too old for, then you can kind of scratch some things off the list to be like, okay, like we don't, we don't necessarily need to do this. Um, so you could really pick like some of your top things that you really want to experience with your family and then, um, go from there and, and decide from that. Like if you find, um, like for you guys, um, I know you guys are star Wars fans, right? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, guilty, guilty is charged. um, Yeah. (laughs) So you guys might like to spend a little bit more time at Hollywood studios, right? So, um, and if your kids are also, I think, I think you mentioned, uh, your kids like it as well. So if, if everyone is kind of on board there, then you know that you want to kind of, um, allow for more time. And if you're looking at the crowd calendar and paying attention to that, then you can kind of see it's, it's a pretty busy park now. Like I, I find the last couple of times we've been there, it's, it's been the busiest and the most people and the, the really long wait lines. So you'd want to spend, you know, a little bit more time there if you want to get that full experience. So, so you said the word, the wait lines, waiting in line for the rides with children. You have four, we have two, you have twice, twice the amount of, you know, anxiety and, and, and lack of patience. Um, Mm -hmm. How do you handle it? How do you strategically plan what features are available in the park? You know, fast passes and all this stuff, you know, how do you manage not waiting two and a half hours to go on the teacups? (laughs) Yeah, no, uh, we're actually like, I don't know what, uh, again, it's like my husband and my mother-in-law are wizards. They, we don't wait for too long for anything. Um, and again, it's, I think it's the picking and choosing. Like if it's, you know, I think that that has a lot to do with it. It's like, we're not going to wait in line, um, for something that we're not prepared for with the, it's called lightning lane now. (laughs) So it's either, um, lightning lane. And then you can also purchase genie plus for the day. Um, and so those are two things that you want to familiarize yourself with. And, uh, the, my Disney experience app, uh, is really important for booking all those, all those things. Um, so you can get, yeah, you can get some of the heavy hitters with lightning lane. Um, and then like some of the things that will take like forever. And it's usually some, the newer rides, um, that have those available for them. And then it's like a fast pass where you can, you know, skip some some of the lines but but i have to say disney does a really good job at keeping you occupied in line um i find their cues are really interesting um or they can be anyway and um and yeah so so it's good now it can it can get a little tricky with the little ones um so you could bring stuff with you to keep them entertained in line we never really have had to do that too much, but, um, but I, yeah, you definitely could like you, you could bring either a tablet with you or, um, even like a scavenger hunt kind of thing, uh, through the queue. That would be kind of cool to, to look like a little, like printed out scavenger hunt. You could do that ahead of time and have that ready to go. That would that's be a, kind of fun. That's a really good idea. I like yeah. that. It's a really good idea. Yeah, yeah, because they have, uh, and depending on the ride, you know, um, like there's there's so many neat things to look for. So you could, um, and I'm sure there's there's so much out there on things at, at Disney. So you could probably find things on Pinterest that people have already like kind of pieced together for you to to look for within the queues. But um, 
yeah, you could be like, I'm just thinking of the aerial rides, like, of, like find five seashells. Cause there's, you know, there's little, um, things within the concrete even that you can like look mm -hmm. for. Um, so yeah, you could even print that out and do that and keep them kind of looking around and talking about things in, in the lines. So that would be really good cool. idea. And I, yeah. I always like a good printable. Yes. I so <laughs> we're getting, we're talking about printables and stuff. Let's, let's yeah. dive into education at Disney. So what, how, how do you approach this? How do you, are you, you looking for it? Are you trying to build in a certain amount each day or you know, how are you approaching the whole aspect of finding educational opportunities there? Um, I would say like the educational opportunities just kind of found us like, and I don't know if this is a homeschooler, just like perspective on life is that like, you just find the learning by living, like you're just like living your life and you're, you're learning as you go along. So, um, and I don't know if it's just from having that perspective and like, living that way that we just we just notice everything that that we're doing every day when we're there um so uh that's how we kind of like go about it and kind of started noticing like wow like you can really learn a lot and even ourselves like i've learned so much from from going you know it's just there's so many educational um opportunities but like i even just think of uh going like for us we're kind of like I would call us like country bumpkins <laughs> where uh, we live rurally. And like, if we didn't go to Disney, our kids would not be exposed to something even as simple as like city transit. Right. So when we're at Disney, they're being exposed to um, all kinds of transportation. You know, we've got um, the Disney bus transportation, which we take, especially being uh, on property. Then there's the monorail, which, my son was obsessed with for a couple years, you know, <laughs> he, uh, he could tell you a little bit of info about, you know, how it runs and the different colors behind each monorail that goes around. And, um, you know, there's, there's so many boats that you can take there's steam boats, then, then there's steam trains that go around the parks. And like that even has its own history, um, with Walt Disney and each train has its own history. Um, and there are different steam trains that run the tracks at, uh, at Disney as well. So it's just even just like touching the surface of like being at Disney, you're just exposed to so much, even just how to handle a crowd. Um, mm. You know, like uh, I know, I know a few family members who have a bit of crowd anxiety and if they're anywhere that's a bit too busy, it can be very overwhelming. So getting exposure to that is actually really great. Like I find that, we can all handle a crowd really well now. Um, and because we've, we've had that exposure when we go. So that's nice. Uh, also everyone, as you guys probably know, is just super kind there. Like <laughs> all the staff members, like I have yes. not had a bad experience with the staff and it's just a really good example of like how to be kind to others mm -hmm. and, um, and how to reciprocate that kindness. Um, I remember my daughter, your comment about the um about being in the crowds is very true like when we were in dublin and i know our oldest has never really been in a big city you know i think even going into seattle is not not a normal thing for us and through the pandemic we didn't go in there and so she hasn't been downtown in years and she can't really remember it so it's really just kind of our rural little town out here on in the foothills and when we were in dublin she was like very wide-eyed she was like this is a lot of people 
a lot of buses. It's very noisy and loud. So I can imagine it being, you know, being out in the country and everything like you guys are being inside like a, a packed, essentially amusement park city um, could be mm-hmm. a little bit overwhelming. That could be, you know, something that you have to handle. Yeah. 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 And I, I would say now it's like, it's really, it's really, um, you know, everyone's kind of adapted to that and we handle it pretty well now. And it's funny, my daughter, um, well, my three-year-old now, she, for her first trip to Disney, it was like the first time I realized how much of a people person she was because she was a COVID baby. (laughs) And it was like, you know, she hadn't really been exposed to many people. And I was like, oh my goodness, like she's going to be a little overwhelmed, I think. Mm -hmm. She was, I was like, oh, she's an extrovert actually because she was just like, everyone would say hi. And, you know, if she had a princess dress on, hi princess. And she was like, hi, like totally out of (laughs) her shell. And I was like, whoa, this is a different girl. (laughs) So um, yeah, so it's just, that exposure is just like great in in and of itself right so um and also just like waiting in line like you know no knowing patients and uh Mm -hmm. all that stuff it's like it's all just yeah really good so (laughs) did did you dress up all your kids because when we went we had we went for two days and she went as what bell and then snow Snow white White. and they would always you're right they would always come up to you and go hello you know print you know princess bell princess snow white how are you and she'd you know, she was like, oh my God, they think I'm a princess. <laughs> do you do you do yes. that as a, as a matter of uh, for all your kids or just like if they want to? Yeah, if they want to. Um, I think I'm going to have to put a stop to this. But what I what I had been doing is getting outfits and I like have it like themed or matching uh, the parks that they're in. So if we're at Animal oh. Kingdom, they'll have like, you know, kind of the animal kingdom get up and then uh oh like safari stuff then, yeah like safari stuff like khaki shorts and uh, <laughs> the one year my my son had binoculars it was the cutest thing actually for the um kilimanjaro safari he had like these little binoculars that he would like mm. wear around and he was just like this little safari dude it was so cute um but you know when we go to like hollywood studios they'll either wear something toy story or star wars or mm-hmm. Um, at Magic Kingdom, it's all about Mickey or princesses. So it's like I, I kind of theme it, and then Epcot is like um, uh, Elsa or yeah. Olaf or okay, um, or uh, our Canadian shirts. We'll wear our Canadian shirts because the World Showcase. So um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but I think I have to put a stop to that because they they're growing too fast, and I can't keep up with it. So it's just <laughs> silly. <laughs> So you talked about the World Showcase. I think that's when I think yeah. of doing education at Disney. I think that's the that's the one I really think about. But but um, hit us with all the ideas. What are what are your favorite uh, education uh, opportunities? Sure. So um, because you said the World Showcase, we'll start with Epcot, um, and we can start at the World Showcase if you want. Um, so there, there's eleven countries that you can tour around, and um, it's like little pavilions, basically. Um, and you can, it's, it's basically, you, you just like walk around in like a semicircle. It's a big semicircle. And at each country, you can taste food from that country. Um, or they have um, facts about the country. The cast members that work there are usually from that country. Um, so you can, if you're learning a foreign language, you can try to practice. Like everyone's really kind there. So they're not going <laughs> to, it might be nerve wracking to try to speak, but uh, another language, but you could definitely try. Like um, in France, uh, we'll be learning French soon. And 
you know, my kids could always have a chance to practice there mm-hmm. and uh, check some things out. There's some history, like facts there as well. And then there's also, we haven't done this yet, but I want to do this. Um, there's a passport kit that you can buy at some of the stores there. And I think it's around like $14 or something. And um, you can go around to each country and there's little like stamps that you can put in your passport book as you pass through those countries. And then there are like kid caught stations is what they're called. And there's um, a cast member there that you can talk to in little like, you know, stations about the country where you can have a little like takeaway from it, like a little sheet of, I don't know if it's a coloring or, or something. So um, that's really fun. But if anyone was doing the build your library around your world, uh, around the world, then that could be a really good way to pair, um, you know, you know, that would be a really good pairing with it. So that's, that's one huge <laughs> chunk of education right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but then you have um, other areas of Epcot, which is fantastic as well. So there's the seas, which is where you're going to find um, the Nemo ride. You're going to find Turtle Talk with, Turtle Talk with Crush, which is, um, you know, there's some really great sea turtle facts that you learn. And it's a really fun, interactive, uh, like, show. And it's really cute. My kids love it. And, uh, yeah, it's some great way. It's a great way to learn about uh, sea turtles. And then when you come out of there, you're in the aquarium. So you're there. And the cat. there are cast members there that are super knowledgeable. And you can talk to them about the... Um, all of the sea life that's in that's in the aquarium so that is really fun and my kids find that super fascinating Um, there are also manatees there as well and that's a really good opportunity to talk about some of the dangers that manatees face which I'm sure you guys are Mm -hmm. aware of so um, yeah so that's that's really fun too and like you know manatees are something we are not exposed to so (laughs) really interesting for our kiddos um and then um so that's the seas and then if you move over to the land um you have soren around the world which is great for geography you can talk about or even try to guess the different countries that you're soaring over uh in the ride so um, that one's great. One of our favorites and is it's sometimes overlooked. It's called, uh, living with the land. It's like this little boat ride, uh, that you take and you learn about the history of farming and you get a look at the greenhouses. Um, well, not the greenhouse, but like one area of greenhouse. Um, and we just, I don't know what it is. We all find it so cool. We get to see how certain things are grown that we didn't know about. Like there are really cool plants that as you pass through on this boat ride, you can see them. Um, And then you, there's also like the way that they grow it is really innovative as well. So I know I always come out of there like super inspired. I'm like, I'm going to go home and work on my garden. (laughs) I need to grow some more things. And, uh, yeah, but it's, it's really cool. And like, we always have a great takeaway from that, uh, which is, which is really good. Um, and, uh, oh, I also learned about, um, aquaponics there. I mm-hmm. think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yep. so that's really cool for the kids to, to think about as well. So that's really great. And then there's another, there's a, a film that they show and it's, I have it written down here. Oh, the awesome planet film, which is it's in that area, the land, and uh, it talks about the Earth's biome and climate change. 
So that as well is like super impactful for the, our young kids. Right. So Mm -hmm. that's always really great in the land. And again, you come out of there being like, Oh, I got to change the world. (laughs) You know, you're like, we got a lot of work to do. (laughs) Um, And then uh, another really great one is Spaceship Earth, uh, you know, in the in the ball, in the big Epcot ball. And that one is great for history. You know, you're talking about the development of um, of humans through uh, and technology. So that's that's really awesome. And then we've got Mission Space, which if you have any space lovers, that's a great way to get a little bit of a taste of what it feels like to be an astronaut, which is kind of cool. No one in our group uh, really enjoys that ride, unfortunately, because uh, they all feel sick on it, except I love it. I do not feel sick on it, but um, we don't, we usually skip that one, unfortunately, (laughs) (laughs) because everyone feels pretty sick, but, and then uh, there's test track, of course, which um, is my husband and my son's absolute favorite. I think we've done that a thousand times uh <laughs> it's uh where you can go in and design um you can like design your own vehicle and you're testing it against um four i think there's four topics it's oh yeah power capability efficiency and responsiveness so you get a little bit of uh designing you get to work with technology to design that car uh, my son finds that so interesting and it, it's like Every time that we do it, because we've done it multiple times, you can play with what you are adjusting in your design to make it do better in the power category. And you're racing against other people's vehicles. So it's like you want to win in each category to like win overall. So um, it's really cool to like to just play with those adjustments on the screen and have him doing that. So um so that's a really cool way to play with technology and um, and design. So that's great. So we've got, um, yeah, so we've got those. Uh, I think that's all I have for Epcot. Ooh, I can't wait to hear about uh, Hollywood Studios because, you know, I, I am a Star Wars person. So, <laughs> so what, uh, what's the education opportunities at, at Hollywood Studios? Hollywood Studios, as is in the name, uh, you're going to see a lot of like, Hollywood things, right? So you have a lot of behind the scenes look at things. You have a lot of performances, which is great for any kiddos that are interested in performing or who have um, some experience with performing either in plays or whatnot. Um, So we have uh, performances. There's a Frozen sing-along and then there's the Beauty and the Beast and, uh, and then there's Fantasmic, which are great shows if anyone is interested in that. Um, Indiana Jones is a really great one to get like a look at like movie magic. So if any, if there's any kids that are kind of getting interested in like the backstage of production, like that's a really cool thing to look into as well. And to watch that. Um, It's also a really like one that my son really loves. Um, And then, uh, Oh, there's the, the um, Disney history with Walt um what is it called it's um walt disney presents so it's like a little mini disney museum and uh it's it's really neat as well and you get to go through i remember i was really impacted when, when my husband and i first went through it and you get to see kind of the development of walt disney world and some of the first like models of it so um that's a really good way to bring in some history 
And then at Galaxy's Edge, so we've got Rise of the Resistance, which is a really exciting ride. Have you guys gone on that yet? Mm, No. no. Okay. So it's pretty cool. (laughs) I've heard. I've heard. I've seen. I've seen clips of it online. I'm scared I'll get sick. I have have bad motion sickness. (laughs) Oh, maybe it's just for you. I know where I'll be. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It'll be fine. Think of the education when you're on it. So (laughs) okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Children are learning. Um, yeah, no, but that ride is so technologically advanced, um, with coding, like, uh, so my husband could, could tell you about this. Um, and anyways, he's got some really cool facts about it, but it is so, um, complicated and complex that it's, it's a very interesting ride to try to pay attention to like the technology that's going into this ride. Um, it's it's that cool (laughs) is that something that you would share with your kids beforehand like hey kids this is going to use um 4d or whatever and you know this is what you'd pay attention to like how do you prep them for these different educational opportunities or do you just kind of in the moment be like kids that this thing is happening over here or you know (laughs) i would probably prep them and if they had an interest i think that's where i would be like if they are into like um you know, I don't, I don't even know. I'm not techie at all. So it's like, I don't know the terminology, but if they were like into like robotics say, or something like that, then I would, I would probably make a point to like talk to them about it beforehand to be like, Hey, like pay attention to this when we go in through, like, it's going to be really cool. You know, like Mm -hmm. I'd kind of like prep them about it beforehand so that they can be watching for that. Mm -hmm. Otherwise I feel like you're just going to be experiencing it to experience it, which is great, which you should also do. But, (laughs) um, but if they have an interest, I would say like, that's what I usually do. Um, my son, when we went on Everest and Animal Kingdom, but I'll talk to that at, at another time, but it's like, mm-hmm. you kind of prep them for things ahead of time. I would say that that's, that's how I, I kind of go about it. But do you bring um, any, do you bring any worksheets or activities or, or anything for them to do that is part of that preparation? Or is it really just you're just talking about it. It's more conversational, experiential type of learning. We just talk about it right now because the my learners are so small right mm-hmm. now. Like they're still really little. We haven't really gotten into that, but I can mm-hmm. definitely see doing that in the future. Um, I think it could be really beneficial and helpful. So like, I, yeah, I think yeah, that we maybe like probably... part of the planning or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and like getting them excited about it. Like, Hey, we're going to learn about this thing and here's some worksheets yeah. or here's a project you can do. And then we're going to yeah. go to animal kingdom and go on Everest. And yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think that that could be something that is great in the future. Definitely. Um, when my kids are a little bit older right now, they're just so little. So we just do a lot of talking about what's happening and pointing things out as we go and just letting them experience it it in their own way too. And, um, like we know that, that they're seeing some really cool things that will hopefully stick to them. One thing that you guys should do if you can, um, is the droid depot. So building your own droid. Um, my son as a Christmas gift got that last year and, um, he had such a good time. My husband and I went, or my husband and and he went together and, I thought that he might be too young for it. And I thought maybe it wasn't the right time for that kind of experience, but he did really well with it. And it was just a really neat uh, building experience and the, you know, 
the things that go into the droid itself is is really interesting to know about like he knows how to take it apart now and uh, put it back together and kind of like play around with it and uh it's held up since our last trip so that's good <laughs> so he's kind of it's learning a little a you're learning a little bit of engineering and it, yeah it sounds like it sounds like a lot of this is great exposure and maybe jumping off points. So if you, you talk about it beforehand, you go and have the experience and then you come home and say, Hey, remember when we were doing that thing, let's learn some more about aquaponics. Now that we're home, are you seeing that carryover where your kids come home and you go like, Hey, let's learn some more about this. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, And we even do like prep before we go. Um, So we've been, our next trip is going to be more focused on animal kingdom. I think, um, so we have already started watching on Disney plus the magic of uh, behind animal kingdom, I think is what it's called. Um, so we've already started watching that. And uh, my kids are already, are, are already like, Hey, we saw that, that gorilla. Like we know that baby gorilla. And you know, they're, they're already saying like, we've, we've been there. And so they're learning more about the care of the animals before we go and see them again. Right. So it's like this whole other layer to their learning and what they're retaining. So, so we do a little bit of prep before we go. And I'm hoping to do more of that as we move into homeschooling in the future. (laughs) So animal kingdom is a good way to start. So there's obviously all about the animals, the care for the animals, what kind Mm -hmm. of environment they need to live in. I can see so many educational opportunities. Are there other things though, that at animal kingdom as well that you would think of? Yeah. So, um, just in the parks in general, I, but, uh, definitely because there's a big roller coaster at animal kingdom, you could even talk about with older kids, the physics uh, of roller coasters, right? And you could get into like a whole science lesson of physics. Um, and actually Everest, um, Expedition Everest would be a good one to do too, because they go backwards in it, which is really interesting to think about mm. and scary a little bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there's lots. So um, something that we're going to do uh, this next time is it's called Wilderness Explorers. And so you can it's a free little like program and you get to go around to stations throughout the park and collect badges so um it's kind of like in up um russell is a wilderness explorer and he gets his badges so it's kind of the same idea and at each station where you get your badge you get to um, do an activity and then learn something new at that station so we plan on doing that um this time around so i think that's a really cool educational program that's already in place for you. You just have to seek it out. So, um, so yeah, we're going to try to do that. I really love also, um, this is kind of overlooked sometimes too, I find is, uh, Rafiki's planet watch, um, which you have to take a little train to like a separate area and you get to take this little like trail and there's, um, there's like little signs or little like plaques that you read about like facts about bugs and their importance to your environment and like what you can do at home to encourage pollinators and things like that and then you get to the conservation station where you get to um, learn more about what they're doing there and they have like their veterinarian clinic that you get to kind of like peek into and then you get to see some like scientists like behind a glass working on I don't know what they'd be working on but you can talk about that and uh and bring that in. So if, if that's where your learners are at, like right now, that's where we're at. Like 
our kids love like the learning about like the natural world around them right now. Mm-hmm. And um, it seems to be all about like bugs and reptiles and animals and stuff right now. So um, that's kind of where we're at. And I think that they will absolutely like just love that and be asking so many questions and whatnot. Um, we can also work on our reading skills on the plaques. <laughs> so that'll be, <laughs> that'll be fun to do, but um but yeah, so that's a really great station to go to as well that sometimes I find um, gets overlooked. But um, something fun that I was talking to my husband about when we were going over like, you know, some of the education at Disney is Expedition Everest for its queue, like its lineup. It has like probably the coolest line for us anyway. Um, there's so much to look at and to read in that line. And I was... I was thinking like when our kids get a little bit older, we could go into the whole like legend of the Yeti and its connection to Asia and Mount Everest and, um, and just kind of like do a deep dive into like the Yeti (laughs) and Mount (laughs) Everest and like anything to do with that and some of the legends there. So um, that would be a really cool, like almost like mini unit that you could do, but um, yeah. And then of course, animal kingdom is divided into continents, um, except for Pandora. <laughs> it's kind of a made up continent, but it's there. Yeah. It's otherworldly. That's right. Um, but so you could talk about Africa and then Asia, of course. So, um, yeah. And then, oh, they have dinosaur, uh, dino land as well. So there's the ride dino dinosaur there. So for the dinosaur lovers, there's some really fun activities to do there. I'm not sure they did have where you could like dig for dinosaur bones. Um, I'm not sure if that's still there. I have a feeling it's been changed since COVID, but um, you'd have to do some research on that and, and see, but um, yeah, so that's there. And of course there's some really great performances too, like the, the Lion King for anyone who does um, gymnastics. Uh, It's really, it's really inspiring. I feel for anyone who has like a bit of that, um, background to see the Lion King show it's or the festival of the Lion King as it's called. So, yeah. And, and we, yeah, we love the, the trails, the, um, there's the, the trail that has the tiger in Asia. Um, the, I don't want to get this pronunciation wrong. The Mahara, the Maharaja (laughs) jungle trek. And then there's um, the Gorilla Falls Trail, which is is also really fun. We like to take our time going through there and talking to cast members about, you know, questions um, that the kids have about the animals and, and whatnot. So, yeah, great learning opportunities through the trails for sure. That sounds terrific. Yeah, I, we really like Animal Kingdom, but our kids our kids are asking about princesses and Magic Kingdom. So hit oh, us with yeah. your hit us with your Magic Kingdom suggestions. Yeah, the big the big Kahuna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's lots there. <laughs> so Magic Kingdom, um, it is. I find it's there's so much history that you can talk about there. Um, there's a lot there. So you could, and there's a lot of literature that you can bring into, to this park um, just with a lot of the attractions. Like I think about Peter Pan, mm-hmm. um, you know, you could, there's so much that you could do with that. And, um, and even Fantasyland. So with uh, when speaking about princesses, um, 
I was thinking about this. And again, when my learners are a little bit older, it would be great to dive into the background and origin of fairy tales and folklore and talk about some of the darker undertones to those. Mm -hmm. And, and even, even looking at different um, fairy tales cross-culturally. So you can talk about Cinderella, for example, like the Mm -hmm. classic rags to riches. There's several different versions of that that you can tie together and, um, and study before you go. And then you could also study specifically Disney's adaptation of it. And of course there's many movie adaptations of it as well. So, um, and that's what I was finding with Peter Pan. We just watched one version of Peter Pan recently and my kids absolutely loved it. And I was like, Oh, okay. We should probably read the book now then. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, uh, and there are so many different versions of that story, um, movie adaptations that we could talk about and compare and see the different interpretations of it. Like you could do that with so many, of the attractions at Disney. So um, that's, or any of the fairy tales anyway, but um, so that's a whole like aspect that someday I really want to dive into. And we're kind of starting to do that, you know, a little bit, mm-hmm. um, not necessarily Disney wise, but we just reread Charlie and the chocolate factory not too long ago. And there's, you know, the two versions of the movie. So we've watched one and now we have to watch the other and then we're going to compare them and talk about how they made it differently in comparison to the book. So we're already starting to do some of those like cross comparisons and talking about those kinds of things. So um, that you can definitely do with fantasy land and all the, all the different fairy tales that you can find there. Um, And then uh, we've got, um, well, there's pirates of the Caribbean, which, you know, you could talk about, his history of pirates and um all that stuff and again if it's something that your kid is really interested in you could prep them beforehand by anything else that you can that you're bringing into it or in any curriculum that you're using that is talking about like history of pirates and and whatnot so that's fun too then we've got big thunder mountain um which is a great topic about coal mining um, and I've, I've read that in the lineup, there are some allusions to some of the darker history of coal mines. And so mm-hmm. if your learners are ready, you could kind of try to find those in the line and talk about what that means and, um, um, yeah, and dive deeper as you're there into, uh, that history, which I didn't really pick up on that, but. Um, it's something that, you know, my son is playing Minecraft a lot now, like he's really into, to Minecraft and he loves, you know, rocks and, and all that kind of thing. So we could definitely get into, to mining history for sure. Um, anytime now, but, (laughs) um, yeah. And then there's, um, the, uh, oh, Tom Sawyer Island is a favorite of my kids. We just kind of let them go over there there's a fort there and they just explore and they have just such a great time and of course you can prep them ahead of time by learning about tom sawyer and you know reading books ahead of time so yeah that's a good way oh there's the hall of presidents in liberty square uh which is really great uh and again it's like the history and they've really done it well so you can see all the different presidents which is great um then we have, we're going to move over to Tomorrowland, the Carousel of Progress. 
Also known that as free one, air conditioning. Free air conditioning. Yes, <laughs> and nap time. Nap time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good place to just like take a minute um, for sure. But it's also really cool. Uh, I find it really cool. Some people find it boring, but I think it's really neat. And it's really cool to see the look on the kids' faces when they're like, they didn't have like a refrigerator back then i'm like yeah. no man they did not <laughs> they did not yeah so it is it's a really nice look cool. at like the average person's light what it was like in different time periods yeah. yeah yeah and how that's progressed in the home like i i think it's really cool so um but yeah it can be more of a boring one but it's definitely um uh, a great history lesson to look mm-hmm. at so mm-hmm. yeah and then um I already mentioned the steam train, but the steam train that goes around the park, it is a great way to get um, a look at all the, all the attractions and um, just kind of like take a tour around the park. But then also the steam train has its own history, um, a history in its own right. So Mm. (laughs) that's fantastic. I, I'm, my brain has so many ideas about getting our kids prepped and maybe studying some things ahead of time and watching the Disney documentaries. This was really helpful. So um, I think this is a little bit of a long, but I think really good. And it gave me a lot of ideas. Mm-hmm. So for those who haven't traveled to Disney before, what what's something that you wouldn't live without? Like, what's your best advice of, you know, we all should remember if we're going to go on a trip, especially with littles, uh, you know, you you know better than anyone with four, four young ones. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What, what would you, what would your best advice be? My best advice would just to be, um, to slow down when you're there. Um, I find that most, like a lot of our most magical moments have happened in the slower times when we're just sitting around and we're just all together taking in the atmosphere. So, um, yeah, I would say make a plan, have a plan in place, do some research, but don't stress if it doesn't, if your plan A doesn't work out, have a plan B and then just, just slow down and enjoy it. Don't push your kids. If they need a break, take a break. Um, just, just enjoy them and, uh, be playful because Mm -hmm. learning happens when you're playing and having fun. So, Mm -hmm. um, just, yeah, make sure you're playing and enjoying your kids and learning will happen. (laughs) I agree. I think that's great advice. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining us to uh, talk about Disney. I mean, we're really excited about our yeah. trip coming up. We know we're, we're watching a lot of YouTube videos and we're going to be there a little, little, little longer, I think, than you, than you were there. And yeah. We're looking at maybe doing, you know, the Lego and, and yes. getting some, you know, getting to the, uh, was it the Seattle, I mean, the Orlando Aquarium yeah. and, and mm-hmm. potentially the like Crayola land. And there's all these like, various land so cool it's like yeah water family yeah. Uh, family uh wonderland so i think this is really good because a lot of families think about going to disney and they think about rides and things and i i have to honestly say until i saw your post i didn't actually think about prepping the kids in any educational aspect for disney and now i'm thinking about all the things like about animals or prepping them about steam trains or something that a nice park journal i can already see it yeah I maybe know. they could get really excited yeah. like they wouldn't be excited about the steam train necessarily otherwise i mean trains are always cool but um in uh, if we prep them and 
you know, we, we learn a bit about it and we watch some videos about it. And I'm sure there's some video where you meet the conductor and they talk about how the train works, then mm-hmm. that would really kind of make a bigger impression, all these other aspects than beyond just fast rides of princesses. So yeah. Oh, for sure. There's so much. And uh, yeah, just enjoying the atmosphere is just great. And it's, you know, it's really nice to have that connective time together there and, uh, and then look for those educational opportunities. That I think is our doorbell. <laughs> that that is our four-year-old timer so thank you so much she's, bailey we she's really appreciate she's got, it somehow she's got blueberries all over her face so. yeah mm, we'll investigate that, that later i'm worried i'm worried <laughs> about our furniture so right thank you so much for joining us we appreciate your the time and this was really great and i'm um uh, you gave us a lot of food for thought and hopefully people listening okay. will uh, you know also have a, a lot of motivation and excitement about going to disney i know it's exciting yeah awesome well thank you Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling!